Welcome to an Arsenal podcast, the clock and talk. I'm your host, Tez. Join myself, Tony, Carl, Schwinn and Savvy as we talk Arsenal. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You're with us here at the clock and talk and... Uh, We've got Tony with us tonight. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. It's uh, just me and you. We started this clock and talk back in August last year, mate. And uh, here we are, just the two of us having a chat. Yeah, gone full circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, FA Cup, we've bowed out of that. And uh, it's very unfortunate because it's a trophy that I thought we would have, you know, at least made a play for. But what's your thoughts on it all, mate? Yeah, I mean, he took he took a massive gamble. Not not so much with the team because that team, the players in that team, is more than enough to beat a Forest side who are managerless and I think about seventeenth in the championship. Um, I think he took a where he took a big risk was not put, not putting people on the bench. Um, a couple of first teamers on the bench, even if they weren't going to have an uh, an impact in the game, it's a fear factor. Like I was saying to my friends at half time, when we was two one down, imagine. The Forest midfield thinking, oh, we've had a great, great half there, and they see Jack getting stripped off to come on. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be Jack; it could be sort of Ozil or Sanchez, whoever. They'd think, oh, we've had a, we've had a good half, and suddenly they're just getting ten times better. Mm. So I think we, I think that was the main issue. I think that you've got to blame Wenger. There were some big mistakes made, but that team is more than good enough to to be a seventeenth in the Championship side. Um, they beat West Ham a couple of weeks ago in a resurgent West Ham who have only lost one league game in about 10 or something. And, and we, we beat them in the League Cup with pretty much the same side. So, um, yes, he, he yes it was a weakened side, but look, you look at them players, there's more than enough to beat Northern Forest. Yeah, a lot of the media are saying he ch- you know, no one changes compared to our first team, but it's a team that uh, got us through Europa League. Yeah, exactly. I think obviously it won us the won us the group in Europa League. It's beat Norwich, who are above um, Forest, and certainly are a better side than Forest. It's beaten West Ham, who obviously again are a league above and clearly a better side than Nottingham Forest, with a, with a very similar team. As I said, where it's a knockout, um, I would have had a stronger bench. Whereas in the Europa League, you can lose a game and it don't really matter. And in the League Cup, if you lost a game and went out, no one would really care because it's about gaining experience. Um, so I think that's where the mistake was made. But in terms of his selection, I wasn't I wasn't that surprised by by the team he put out. I mean, you look at it; every single player was international except the a couple of the English boys who are all youth internationals. Obviously, Maitland, Niles, Willett, Nelson, and Holden were the only non-full internationals, and they're all you'd say are oh, the English boys know what know what the cups mean, and that's usually what people say you need when you go to these lower lower league teams are someone that knows what the uh, what the FA Cup means, and you can't. You can't say by putting in English boys that they wouldn't understand about the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Where do you rate the FA Cup amongst all the cups? Um, it's above the. It's, a, it's clearly above the League Cup. Um, the Europa League, I probably would have argued it's above that until the Champions League place was was uh, made as an incentive. So you've got to place the Europa League above it, and obviously the Premier League is, is above them all. Um, I mean, what I will say, I'm not one of them that now says, oh, the cup doesn't matter. What I found interesting, or more more annoying than interesting, is people that have gone for three to four years that we've won the cup. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's a second-rate trophy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Now when we're out of it, suddenly it's, 
it's like a it's the biggest trophy in the world. It's bigger than the World Cup, apparently. It's like yeah. I think, and it's it's Arsenal fans as well as non-Arsenal fans. I've seen people go oh, just a cup win, don't really care. And then when we lose in it, oh, it's embarrassing. Blah 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 blah. No, it is an embarrassing loss. But if you didn't care about the competition last year, it hasn't gained significance over the last six months when there's been no games in it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I do. I think it does hold a significance. So I am very disappointed that we went out. Um, but and in the same way, I was elated when we won it. And for the record, I, can't, I haven't got the guy's Twitter account up. Um, that's it, mate. It's all over. <laughs> Some, the guy tweeted out that there was, uh, we'll smash him in the second leg. Don't worry about it. But it's all over. Oh, I've, <laughs> no, I've seen loads of them. I think people are messing about. And there's a guy I know um, who uh, loves trolling people, like messing about like that. And uh, he done it sort of at half time. He was like, oh, it doesn't matter that we're behind. We're going we're gonna to smash him in the second leg. But he's, um, he was messing about and said, yeah, where do where do we go with this this young these young fellows? Because it's obviously a big confidence drop for them. You, you know they've 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 been appointed the task and failed, and Wanger's ripped into them, I suppose. So what's that do for their confidence now? I mean, it's a difficult one because the players that like, I don't think any of the uh, the younger guys. I'm not including Holden in that because he's got first team experience with a, with a problem. I thought Maitland Niles was one of our better players. Uh, Nelson looked bright but ineffective he was running at people taking them on but didn't create anything and Willock was tidy but uninspiring but our whole midfield was tidy but uninspiring well they weren't even tidy mm. you look at I mean he had Elneny and Iwobi beside him or behind him or alongside him however you want to say it mm. and they I mean someone you got you need some spark there and none of them have that but uh, you can't blame Willock for that out of the three when he's the one that's trying to learn his trade the other two are apparently there they 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 may still improve a bit but they're they're apparently ready they're international footballers they're both going to the world cup if you have a, a midfield of two world cup goes and someone that hasn't even won an international cap and is nowhere near an international cap you can't blame the kid you blame the two that are established footballers he um debucci murdersack holding and nelson in the back line he had chambers on the bench do you think at some point he should have brought chambers on um, it's a difficult one. I, I probably wouldn't because obviously we was chasing the game, um, and I would have changed to a back three because with with what we had on the pitch, it was very easy to just slot Debushi and go Murtasaka holding Debushi as a back three, um, and then you would have put Nelson right wing back where he's been playing anyway, and Maitland Niles left wing back where he's been playing anyway. Mm. So um, I would have done that as we were chasing the game. It would have allowed to get an extra body um, body further forward, but. I wouldn't. I don't see the point in bringing Chambers on once. To be honest, I would have started him because yeah. the back line wasn't quick enough. There was no pace there. But once we're in the game, even at half time, we're two one down. There was. There wouldn't have been if he would. If we'd have been two one down and he'd have swapped holding for Chambers or Murtasaka for Chambers, I think people would have been moaning about not making an attacking sub. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Akpom and Eddie came on and. What sixty fifth minute? Eddie come on. Eighty eight minute. Akpom come on and. They were chasing the game, but they're not the they're not them type of players that are going to um, you know chase the game where where you could rely on them as much as a Ozil or a Sanchez to create well, something other. Well, that's that's the to be honest. As the team news came out, we was in the ground, and pretty much everyone around me said we better not be one nil down because we can't come back into this game. Mm. Like it was, you looked at the bench and you thought if we if we're struggling, who's going to come on and inspire you? And or as I said, 
as you said, they're, they're, I mean, look, Akpom, I don't rate at all. Eddie, I've, I've not really seen enough of to say whether I rate him or not, but he's, he's looked half decent when he's played. Yeah. But they're not players that are going to come on and change the game for you. Mm. Um, are they capable of? Yeah, but to be honest, are they even... Akpom's not even a championship-level player. He's been out on the on on loan in the championship many times and not sell it a lot. Eddie, we don't know if he's a championship-level player, player yet. So you're bringing on... You're not bringing on players that are improving what you've got. You're you're bringing on hope, basically. You're just hoping something will happen. Mm, mm. Now, look, we we can't really spend too much time on it because it was just a disappointing result. We we weren't in it at all. Uh, I'm actually speechless, to be honest. Um, I I don't know. Where do we go from here? Well, I mean, look, that, you've got to, it's, it's as horrible as it is. You've just got to see it as that competition's done and dusted. It has absolutely no effect on our next game. Hopefully, it means we'll play a first team at Chelsea on Wednesday in the, in the League Cup because you can't go out of two cups in a week. I know we can't technically go out of the, uh, the cup on um, Wednesday because there's a second leg, but um, we can't turn up to Chelsea with that same team. I think Chelsea rested a lot of players on Saturday against Norwich, and so they'll be... I mean, if they're doing that, it would suggest they would be very strong against us on Wednesday because you don't. I don't see the point in resting players if you're then going to rest them again in the midweek. Mm. So they'll be strong, and I think we'll have to go strong. Mm. I think something that, I mean, I'm going to have to touch on it from the Norwich game, uh, the, not Norwich game, let's see, Chelsea played the Forest game. Um, look, we weren't good enough, and we didn't deserve anything. We got exactly what we deserved, but I think we do have to talk about the ref. It's becoming a... It's becoming a, a weekly. It's becoming a theme. Every time we're on, we have to complain about the ref. But again, it, it has to be done. Mm. Um, so the, I, look, I've not watched the game back because I got home last night and I was so pissed off with the world and football that I didn't want to watch any football back. Uh, so I've only seen what I saw live in the stadium and a couple of tweets, uh, video tweets. Yeah. So look, the holding, the, the first penalty looked as clear as anything, and I've not heard any complaints. So I'm just going to assume it was the second one wasn't a penalty anyway and the double touch you could see from every single seat in the ground a football does not move like that unless it's been kicked twice Uh the referee is five six seven yards away as soon as he went over to his linesman everyone said he's going to give the goal because if he hasn't seen it from five yards away the linesman's not going to have seen it from a different angle 30 yards away but it's just unforgivable you can't look and i don't think it had an effect on the game i think we would have lost anyway but what chance have you got when decisions that obvious and twice in, in one goal, the penalty decision and the way the penalty scored go against you? I think Wenger's made a made himself a big problem in taking on the FA because you're not you're never going to win. You complain about refs. It's not going to make them give decisions in your favour. It's going to go the other way mm-hmm. because if, if they're seen to start giving Arsenal, Arsenal favourable decisions because he's moaned, then every manager moans. And then where does it end? I think they're more likely to go to go the other way and think, oh, if there is any doubt, like then they're not gonna like that second penalty. There, there was obviously more than doubt, but they're gonna give it to show that they can't be bullied. And I, I think he's I, there's there's proof of this happening before, not only with Wenger with other clubs. And I just think you're very stupid taking on the FA and, ref, and referees, regardless of whether you think he's right or not. I think he's been very stupid. But what's he do? He, you know, he's getting served every week, and, and what are we four games in? I, the, f- the fourth game in a row, he's pretty much we've had penalty against us. Um, ref fuck up. Four penalties in three games. Yeah, four penalties in three games. 
Uh, look, I take my hat off a little bit to Wanger. He's, he's got to stand up a little bit. You, you, you can't just say nothing. No, I think, look, you, you have to mention it, but he's gone very strong on it. And, again, I agree with him. I think he's right. But you can't take on the referees. It's like... I'm trying to think of an analogy. Like, yeah. you may think the police are a load of nonsense, but you can't go up to them and tell them that to their face because they're, they're no, that's not going to make them go, oh, okay, we'll treat him better. He's yeah. going to go the other way. It's a terrible analogy because I've just thought of it off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is essentially what it's like. He, he, I, I make him right. I fully agree with what he's, well, not fully agree, but mostly agree with what Wenger said. But you just can't take on, take them on. They're the governing body. They can, within reason, they can do what they want and they control the game. And that's that's made him a target, you think, or Arsenal a target? I, I, I don't. I don't think the referees go out and think he's had a moan about us. We're gonna be biased against him. I just think if there's any doubt, it's not gonna go favourably because then it, it looks like oh, Arsenal got away with that dubious decision, and Arsenal got away with that dubious decision, Arsenal got away with that dubious decision straight after Wenger's moaned. The other manager is gonna think, well, that ain't a coincidence. Let's start moaning about every decision. And then suddenly all 50-50s go our way. And before you know it, you've got 20 managers moaning every week, all trying to get that 1% advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd ask you, who was your worst player? Um, it's a difficult one. I mean, I've seen... Look, the mo- most of the people I've seen hammered is, is probably Theo. And I don't, I don't think he was our worst player. I think you, you expect more from him than the others. But... I'd say worst is just just not true. It's a difficult one. Look, Holden was our worst player. There's no two ways about it. Mm. And people can bring his age into it and, and whatnot. But look, the guys won the FA Cup. He, he played in the back end of a league season where we went, what, 13 unbeaten, I think, um, including, including obviously the semi and the FA Cup final. So, yes, he's young, but you can't – I don't think you can use that as an excuse with the, with the type of games he's played in. Um, so I think look, you've got to go down as Holding as the worst player and I don't know if you've seen it and I will just speak about it quickly yep. uh, there's videos going around saying oh, Holding received some abuse going over to the Arsenal fans after the game mm-hmm. um, and I've seen a tweet saying oh, it's disgusting he's a young 22 year old professional trying to learn his trade and, um, and, and the fans are abusing him after a bad game it was right by me um, look, there, there was one person abusing him and it's someone I know, I wouldn't say he's a friend, but it's someone I know that was abusing him. But when people are saying, oh, he's a young professional trying to learn his trade, the, the bloke that was abusing him was 21 years old. He's paid however much he's paid to get there and, and get um, get his match ticket. Yep. He's, he's got a baby at home on the way. So he's younger than holding, spent most of his disposable income to, to go there. So why isn't he allowed to... Look, I don't agree with it. I don't think you should abuse players. But I I can't see people going, oh, he's a young professional. How can people treat him like that? The kid himself is younger on a million times less wages, spent all he has to get there, and you're saying he can't air his view. I think think them tweets are are nonsense. Look, I would understand if it was the whole Arsenal wend booing him or whatnot, like Bellerin got at Crystal Palace last year. But it wasn't. It was an isolated case. And as I said, I don't... I'm not the kid's friend, and it does sound like I am, but I fully understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, so it's hard to comment on it. Yeah, so uh, the video just shows Holding sort of looking at the away end. He came over to clap, 
and you can see him looking a bit despondent and looking into the crowd because someone's obviously having a go at him. And the video said, said that the caption of the video that's been tweeted is like, oh, treating a young professional like this, blah, 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 he's only 22. Yeah. But as I said, it wasn't like the whole of the Arsenal end in unison. It was one person I saw, and that was, he was sitting six seats away from me. Um, there may have been one or two others, but I didn't hear or see anyone else. And Holden did clearly notice the guy. He looked at him and looked pissed off, but... Uh, the guy has a right to be pissed off as far as I'm concerned. As I said, look, I never abuse our players. Even Bellerin at Palace last year, I didn't do it because I don't think he'd gain anything from it. Um, but I understand why people did. Um, and again, I'm the same in this case. I don't I don't particularly think Holding or any player deserves abuse, but I don't think you can call a fan a disgrace for... For sitting on a player out there and his views. He's paid his money and, and he's frustrated. And that's the frustration of Arsenal fans at the moment. Um, you know, we've had a really... Re- what are we, January, we've had a very rough season, we've conceded, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but we've conceded quite a few goals and um, fingers are pointed at, your chambers, your uh, holdings and, and uh, whatnot, because our defence is, is it's, it's fucking hopeless, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's not only, only defence, let's not pick on them, because you defend as a team and we don't do that for a start, but um, we were talking about in the ground yesterday, we've won in all competitions five away games this season. Well, it's not that's not like forgivable, yeah. and two of them are in Europe when it didn't like, the game didn't really matter. We got do we get seven points at home in in the Europa League anyway? So we only had to win one of them games and we would have gone through anyway. So we beat Barte away, Red Star away, and Red Star we was lucky if I'm honest, and we beat Burnley away with a last minute penalty, and we was lucky to win the game. Everton we cruised through. And Crystal Palace, when we was hanging on at the end, we look, it was a much better team, but we still had a wobble. Mm. But look, me to even be able to name the games we've won away this season is embarrassing. Like, if you if you said to me, "I'll oh, name the home wins," it would take me a while because mm. I'd have to think, "Oh, what was the score? When did we beat them?" Blah blah blah. Whereas the away, I can just roll them off. That, mm. That's embarrassing. You shouldn't be able to do that. You think Man City get Man City fans off the top of their head can tell you who they beat, what the score was, and who scored? No chance. No, it wouldn't. Because there's so many. Yeah. Um, just before we move away from holding, I just want to ask you, do you think next season or even in January, should he be loaned out? My, my issue with holding is I think he's a very good player, but he needs pace around him. Um, yesterday we gave, there was no, look, Maitland-Niles is quick, but he doesn't have the, the nous to cover a centre-back. Because he's he's not a left back, and he's not. Look, he may go on to be a very good left back if he continues to play there. He's got all the attributes, but he's not used to getting in them defensive uh, positions where you cover around behind the left back. It's not. It's not. I mean, people will say about his size, but it's not a size thing because he's no smaller than Ashley Cole was. Mm. But Ashley Cole knew how to play the position, and Maitland knows that could come. But I think holding, you need pace around him. Every time he's looked good, he's had because he tends to play on the right side of the back three in general, and he had. Uh, either Bellerin or Chambo on, on his right-hand side who are very quick. And apart from the cup final where he had Mertesacker beside him, he had um, he had Koscielny inside him who, look, he's lost a bit of pace, but he's still far from slow. So I think Holding's just going to be one of them players where I think he could look he could look good again in, in, in any side as long as you put pace around him to, to do the running for him. But you could loan him out to a team with slow centre-backs and he would look equally as bad, I'm guessing. Because yesterday, I mean... There's loads of times when you can say 
the guy held the ball up in front of him or whatnot. But what kills him as a centre-back is running into the channels. He's not very good at it because he's not quick enough. And it also, it knackers you out constantly running into the channels and, and not getting anything out of it. If you run into the channel and get the ball and play it back, and it gives you that little boost where the tiredness doesn't have much effect. But if every time you're running into the channels, you're giving away a corner or giving away a throw on or letting the guy get the ball and come out, it does take that extra energy away. Um, or maybe adrenaline. It, it, take, it definitely takes something away. So I think he just needs needs pace around him and, and he can look good again. It's hard to pick a game where he's looked bad when he's had what, like legs beside him. Um, there, there probably is one, but off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Whereas when he's been bad, you, you know of times he's been bad when... I mean, against Leicester first game of the season, he, he was noticeably bad, but he was exposed one-on-one against Vardy a lot of the time. And again, it's, it's pace that kills him. And Vardy's pretty quick. Vardy's very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so Murder Saka, he was... He was there, and, and look, he, oh, I, I like Murder Saka, but it's time to hang up the boots, isn't it? Uh, you know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. If, if I was him, if I'm being honest, I'd retire now. Um, every time he's played this season, he's been poor, I think. Mm. Um, he's It showed he's not got it. And look, from, from what I've heard at the training ground, he's already half in the coaching role anyway, so he's not fully focused on football, as in playing. Um, and... Look, I mean, that error for the first goal, and I know you've seen, I, I posted out the picture yesterday of our defensive line. Yes. That is absolutely comical. And people can blame everyone I've seen saying, oh, what do they do on the training ground? What do they? What are the coaches teaching them? For me, Mertesacker's there. One, he's captain. Two, he's calling the defensive line. He should have enough experience. He's played hundreds of times for Germany. He's won a World Cup. He's, he's won things all over the world. He's played however many games for Arsenal. He's been here for however many years. Mm. For me, that's on him. That's his fault. Mm. Because you don't in in the in the training ground, they you don't know what they tell him how to defend. But as someone that knows football, and look, Mike is a very clever man. You you can just see that that's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's clearly absolute nonsense. So for me, it's not only that he's he's like legs have gone or whatever. I just don't think his mind's fully in football as in as in the playing side of things. What was very good is the interview he came and done after the game, but it was more like a manager's interview than, than what you want to hear from a player. What and did he a say? Lot of fans, uh, so he said basically a lot of these players were auditioning to get in the first team and um, or they're, they're, they're playing for a place in the first team. And he said, I don't think they're giving the manager that headache anymore. Yeah, right. Okay. So he's, which, he's which got the like, manager's cap on. Yeah, that, that's sort of what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. It was something along those lines that yeah. the message was just was what I said but um, yeah I, I just I don't I don't think he's heads in football and and his 90% of his ability I would say is in his brain but if he's focused elsewhere then then there's no point him in being on the pitch for me as somebody said to him look mate just just sit out this you know play this one more season we really need you um, is it a is it a money I know it's not a money thing but is it a budget we can't I, I don't know what it is Tony I why are we tapping this bloke on the shoulder and saying, look, mate, take the job this year? Um, I mean, look, I, I don't know the answer to this, but I think you're hard-pressed after the FA Cup final. Look, people will say now, oh, we never should have stayed on another year. But after the FA Cup final, no one was saying that, and people will claim they were. Yeah. But let's be honest, after the way he play, played in the final, you thought even if he has to just step in for five or ten games this season and bring the kids along, that's fine. And I was one of them. I'm, yeah, I'm not ashamed I, I, I must admit, I, I was probably one of them as well. So, 
I think everyone was because yeah. of the way he managed the line in the final with a mate, a completely makeshift defence. And you thought, look, we don't want him playing every week. Everyone knew that. But if he has to come in for five or games, five or so games when there's injuries, play alongside the youngsters, give him a bit of experience, pass on his knowledge mm. uh, during game situations, there's no problem with that. I think, look, throughout the term of the season, whether, whether as I said, his mind is elsewhere or something's just missing, um, the, look, it's, it's just clear to see he's not... He's not been good enough whenever he's played in, in any game. Mm. So, it's, it's time to move on. Time to move on. Um, now, the Bucci, oh, I, didn't think, I don't want to go through every player, but I just I think he was another player that he, he's got plenty of experience and I've seen him make a, a few mistakes as well. And I thought, at Murder Sack at the Bucci, they, they, they've had enough experience between themselves to, to sort those young fellas out. I mean, yeah, I think what you can... With Debussy, I don't really think... Look, off the top of my head again, as I said, I've not seen it back. So I can't think of many mistakes he made. You could argue that the penalty, even though it wasn't a penalty, was a mistake, him lunging in like that. Even though he won the ball and it wasn't a foul, you can argue that someone with that experience shouldn't be lunging in like that. But then you will almost say, what's the point trying to tackle? Because it was a last-ditch tackle. Mm. Uh, beyond that, I can't think of anything else. I mean, thinking back on the goals, the first goal wasn't his fault, the second goal wasn't his fault, the, other penalty, the, third, the first penalty came down the other side. Uh, in terms of being a leader, look, he's more experienced, but he had just to his left, as we, especially as we started the back four, he had the leader inside him. And so if Mertesacker's calling the line and, and doing the leading, you don't need someone else in essentially the same position doing the leading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Debushi was good. I just don't think he was, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he'd done anything that warrants criticism, personally. Okay. But, look, it's a game of opinions. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now Walcott, he's been heavily leaked to Southampton. Um, do you think that game did him any damage or any favours? No, I, I don't think it, it makes a blind bit of difference, really. It's a one-off game. We all know what Theo's about. And someone someone put it, I saw a tweet this morning, and, it, and it's perfectly put. Theo Walcott playing alongside Alexis, Ozil and Giroud is a completely different animal to Theo playing with Iwobi, Reese Nelson and Danny Welbeck. Because, look, we know he's not the best footballer. What he can do is finish. And and he look, he's offside a lot, but he makes good runs. His timing of the runs may be a bit suspect, but that comes with playing more. Hmm. He is an end he he thrives on end product. Who who did you look at yesterday that thought he will provide Theo with a chance? No one. Nobody. No. So I think and look, other managers will know that. They all know what Theo's about. Everyone knows what Theo's about. We want him to be more. Of course we do. But you can't argue with... Look, last season, I think it was 19 goals he got, and he didn't play a minute from... Or he didn't have a start from March onwards. Mm. That's that's unbelievable. I, I, and I've said that a few times. I think last season was his probably best season he's had in an Arsenal jersey. Yeah, it's arguable. Like you give him quality, and the guy, look, the guy will score goals. He'll frustrate the hell out of you, but he'll score goals. Mm. So Southampton, uh, and look, there's strong rumours. Just just before we started recording, I read strong rumours that Everton are, are very close, and I know they were interested, but they are only rumours. It's not anything I've heard from from anyone. I've just, I've just seen some rumours. Yeah. But Allardyce won't, at, or um, Pellegrino, the Southampton manager, won't look at that and think, "Oh, he was useless with no service," because you know he's useless with no service, and. To be honest, there's not many strikers or attackers, I know he played wide or wingers, that are good with no service. Bar it, look, the, the best in the world, Suarez doesn't need great service. You'd argue Harry Kane doesn't need great service. Aguero probably doesn't need great service. 
But you're they're top bracket players. Mm-hmm. Walcott, look, he's not in that top bracket. We know that. So beyond that, I, I don't, you'd argue there's a lot of players that would be useless with 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 absolutely no service. Oh yeah, why be not Maitland-Niles and Elneny behind him with Willock? So he hadn't wasn't getting much. Yeah, look, and look, I'm not trying to give Theo the easy way out. I'm just saying that it won't, that yeah. won't affect any manager at all because if, say for example, Sam Allardyce at Evan, if he looks at that and thinks, well, if my team ain't giving him any service, then he don't deserve, he's not going to score. Mm. Like, that's a problem with your midfield. If you're not getting any service, it's not a problem with the guy who's not kicking the ball in the net. In the same way that, look, we expect more from, from Theo from yesterday's game because he was the, what, the senior player. And, and the same with Danny Welbeck. You expect more from him. But barring the chart, the goal, which he pretty much made himself, by, well, and it was a good ball. I can't even remember who played it. But it was a decent ball, but his running power got him in there and his little touch made the keeper drop the ball. Yeah. But, again, what service did we give him? Mm. Whereas if suddenly you change that to, to Ozil whipping in balls, Sanchez whipping in balls, Jack or Rambo creating little chances from pockets to midfield. Both of them, Walcott and Welbeck, come completely different players. Yeah, I can't really criticise Welbeck or Walcott yesterday's performance too much because, as you say, they they were just getting nothing. Yeah, look, I I think, as I said, the criticism comes from them being the senior players. You expect expect them to be the ones that take the the, the game by the nuts and, and run it, but... And look, they weren't good. Again, I'm not. I'm not praising them. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think the criticism is a bit, is a bit harsh, really. We, we didn't get what we expected from them. But what what were they given? And to be honest, you could have said that before the game. You looked at our midfield, and Iwobi doesn't play the ball forward. Elneny doesn't play the ball forward, and Willock's a kid, essentially. Mm. Mm. So all all our creative hope really was on Willock. And I know. Look, I know there's people that listen to us that like Iwobi, and I clearly don't. Mm. But whether you like him or not, one thing he isn't is certainly creative. In in, the, I'd love to know how many assists he's got in the whole time he's been playing for Arsenal. And you could probably, just off the top of my head without even thinking about it, I'd imagine a majority of them were in the first 10 games because he, he came in and he looked good when he first came in. Um, I don't know whether that was just lack of fear factor, something new, players didn't know what they were playing against. But beyond that, he's not, he's not creative. So you look at, you looked yesterday and you thought, who is actually going to create anything in this side? And I, I couldn't pinpoint anyone before the game, and I certainly couldn't pinpoint anyone after the game. Yeah, if if anything, I suppose Walcott. But but then again, he's a runner too. He, he's he's not really a creator. No, he was, and he's never never been known for that. As I said, he he deals in end product, getting running in behind. Mm. But if you haven't got a player that can play the ball in behind. Look, he is useless. Like, so when we played it, played it to his feet, and you got him one on one with a fullback, he was useless. And I understand the criticism there, but you know that. Mm. If you don't know that, you've not been watching Arsenal for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well that's it, boys. We're out of the FA Cup. Not much we can do about it. So uh, we've got to go on. Strong team against Chelsea, hopefully. And I oh, just one other quick point: um, is Coughlin injured? No, um, so uh, the thought is that he will be sold within the next couple of days. West Ham apparently are very well, very strongly linked. Okay. Um, so I think it was on that basis that he wasn't included. Right. Okay. So Cochrane maybe. What are we? Positive. We would reports going to West Ham. <laughs> yeah. Don't reports. Want to say I'm not, done deal. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, everything I've seen's all been online, so it's not. Yeah. Again, it's not anything that I've been rang by an agent or whatever. It's all what I've seen online. I think uh, the Mirror, which for 
um, listeners outside England is probably the second biggest daily newspaper in England have gone very strongly on Cochrane to West Ham in the, in the last hour or so. Okay, rather. Um, now, we've got a couple of little transfer rumours. Uh, Johnny Evans, heavily. Yeah, linked. I mean, yeah, we, we, we definitely made bids for him in the summer. Um, so the interest is obviously there. He's a no-nonsense defender, which you could argue we need. Well, you can't argue we need a no-nonsense defender. The issue is, and I, I think I, I kind of mentioned it when we spoke about Virgil van Dijk the other day, we are not set up to defend, neither Liverpool. It's the reason I don't think Van Dijk will improve Liverpool as much as people think. He'll make less individual errors, but they're not set up to de- defend. They leave their defence exposed. And we're exactly the same. I'd, I'd argue we could have the three best centre-backs in the world. And yes, we'd cut down individual errors, but we would still be shaky because we don't set our team up to defend. Um, whereas you give a, a Mourinho, you could give him the three worst centre-backs in the world, but because his team is set up to defend... Mm they're going to make a half-decent job of it. So would Evans improve us on an individual basis? Probably, especially in the heart of that that back freeze, in the middle of the back freeze, no-nonsense defender. But is he the answer? No. And I know there's people out there that want us to go and spend more on the likes of Koulibaly is one that I've probably seen more fans want than anyone else. But I I don't think an individual name is the answer. I don't don't think three names would be the answer. What, What is the answer? just a change of mentality and setup. Like you see us, we'll be one nil up with 10 minutes to go and we'll have six or six players ahead of the ball. Yeah. That's lunacy. And again, I don't want to keep talking about Liverpool, but like to, this proves my point. I know it's talking about a different club, Liverpool one nil up against Everton in a derby in the FA cup in a tight game, but Liverpool, Everton have not created anything. They've been frankly awful going forward. Liverpool get a corner Suddenly they get counter-attacked, they have two men back, and it's one all out of nothing. They are not set up to defend. Mm. And it's using Liverpool as an example because it's, it's something that's happened recently. But Arsenal were exactly the same. It's not a criticism, well, it is a criticism of Liverpool, but I'm, I'm labelling the same criticism of Arsenal. Which is a criticism of their manager. Yeah, you have to yeah, say exactly, it is. Sure. Would you prefer a set-up as defensive? Or would you, would you be ha- are you happy uh, uh, attacking? Because I, I, I look no, at the Manchester United fans, they're actually a few of them are a bit pissed off that they they just park on the bus. Yeah, look, you've got to have balance, which neither us nor Liverpool have. Mm. You look again. I don't want to praise Tottenham, but they've got fantastic balance. They scored loads of goals and don't concede many. And some people say us oh, because they've got Harry Kane, but they've got him, so they use him. Yeah. And but they're look, they're they're quite free flowing attack attacking. They're quite easy on the eye, but. They're also you. They very rarely get get caught short at the back. You never see them free on free, or or anything like that. Even look, our game we dominated them when we beat them this season. We scored from a set piece, and a nice a nice bit of football was like Sanchez for the second goal. But they wasn't outnumbered. Mm. They still they had adequate bodies there, and that's a, I think you need a right balance. And no, we're we're way off and. Again, to prove it up, like again, I keep using Liverpool because they're as bad as us, and yeah. just in more in recent memory. But yeah. our third goal against them, they were two 0 up. We've just made it two all in two goals in three minutes, and they left us five v five at the back. So Ozil plays it to Lacazette, runs off Emery Cannon, he's one on one. And look, we're exactly the same. That's the type of stuff we do. We did it it's against Manchester United. Huh? We did a similar thing to Man- when we played Manchester United. We were yeah. short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
there, there, there's millions of examples of us doing it. It's just that the two Liverpool ones happen to be in recent memory. But no, I don't want us to be a part of the bus team. And to be honest, we haven't got the players to do it. But you need that balance. And look, to be, I just bring up the Tottenham game, and that was the one game where we arguably did have the balance. We didn't overcommit. You wouldn't say we parked the bus. No one came out of that game saying, oh, Arsenal put 10 men behind the ball. But we were balanced. We weren't overcommitting. And I can't really think... I think of one time Son got in at the end and he missed a good chance against us. But at no time were we outnumbered and you thought, oh, there's a man over or there's a guy standing on his own in the middle. Mm. That, that never happened. Mm. Plenty of reports going around now that uh, Wenger's future, and I've very rarely read this in the time of Wenger's um, uh, being at the club, but there are a lot of reports saying that this summer he's looking to move on and Arteta's looking to come in. What's your take on that? Um, so I tweeted last night that for the first time, like loads of people have been have been saying for a while that they think he'll go in the summer. Just they think, not not based yeah. on anything. And uh, I tweeted last night saying that it's for the first time I actually that, that's my thoughts too. Um, I think he, we won the FA Cup and we probably had our strongest squad we've had in in, in a long time. And he thought, I can build on this. We, we, we just also, what people tend to forget is, I mentioned it earlier, we changed to a back five and of 13 games, we lost to Tottenham. And that was it. And we won the vast majority of the others. There wasn't too many draws. We'd also beaten City. I know it takes extra time. We beat Chelsea in the cup final. Um, we beat Man United at home. So I think he thought, I've got this change in shape. We've got probably the best squad of players I've had in a while. I can make a real project here and kick on with this. And look, for whatever reason, it's not happened. Mm. Um and I don't see the point in a final year. What's gonna? What's he gonna change in a final? year? What's he got to gain? You got nothing. Because no, that that. So that's my thought. That's why I think he'll go. And as I said, it's the first time I've I thought that. I just don't see where the managers of, of, of um, often talk of projects. And I think this project's over. And I think he knows that. I don't think he see. I can't see him seeing where what he can do in the last year of, of a project. So. There is no break clause in his contract, meaning if we sack him, we'd have to pay off the remaining year as a normal sack in, mm. or, or obviously he would have to walk away. Um, obviously, some contracts are written that it's a two-year contract, but after a year, we can we can reassess and, and get rid of you with no 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 financial penalty. But there's definitely no break clause in the contract, <clears throat> so it will be either a sack in or or him walking away. Um, but for the first time, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away in the summer. I know there's a lot of Wenger out uh, listeners and Wenger in listeners as well, but for the first... Look, I respect the man. I respect what he's done at Arsenal. But I think, and me and you've discussed it before, I think it is. it, it probably is time. Uh, I, to be honest, I personally think it's been time for a while. I, I don't classify myself as Wenger out because I think all the protests and stuff, are, look, they're not for me. I, yeah. I have opinions on them, but I'm not going to call anyone anything to, who has their opinion because I've, I always say, look... Football's a game of opinions and each to their own. You think what you think and you do what you, you want to do. Yeah. I'm not one for protest, but so I don't classify myself as a Wenger out. I no longer want him as Arsenal manager and I've been that way for for a good 18, 18 months to two years. Mm. But um, again, I, again, I wouldn't classify myself as Wenger out. And I, I think the protests are nonsense, really, but each to their own. Um, just so I didn't finish answering your question, uh, the Arteta links I can't see happening. I can't see us going for someone so inexperienced. Inexperience. He's only ever he's only actually had six months as a number two. Or was he there? No, he was there last year. Eighteen months as a number two. Um, also, I don't think City would let him go. I don't think they'd take him on unless they had long term plans for him. And um, 
the other thing again i've mentioned this on the pod before for any regular listeners that obviously when i worked in journalism rumors were made of convenience so it was arsenal potentially need a manager arteta has been at arsenal before arteta is learning under what you is undoubtedly the best manager in the premier league at the moment let's link them together mm. and again i think that's where that story's come from in the same way we've linked we've been linked with omri as assistant before or coming in as manager or um burkamp it's all just their, their links of convenience question without notice and you mightn't be able to really answer it but who would you who would you handpick to come in um it's a difficult one because you're looking at with a world cup coming there's going to be some international managers out of a job but do you wait that long you could argue with a new scheme of director of football or head of football relations that they've decided to call him um the the manager's not so important because he's he's not someone that's going to be doing the transfers and that's the way in a lot of foreign countries so if we go down the foreign route it wouldn't be the end of the world wait until after the world cup i wouldn't advise it um but look chelsea done it they waited till the end of the euros to get conte and he won the league in his first year so they had him signed but i mean he didn't obviously come in until the end of the euros so i wouldn't be surprised if we go down that route looking at that joachim low is going to be available Look, his record with Germany is excellent. His club record is not very good. It's been a while. It's been five, six years since he's been a club manager, but it's not very good. Mm. Um, Tuchel's obviously available, but he's had issues with uh, Sven before, so that probably wouldn't happen. Um, uh, looking at who else is around. Ancelotti's it's a tough, not, not really an option, is it? I, I can't see us going for someone that old. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, the Allegri, we, I know we spoke to last summer. Um the, the, the four we spoke to last summer, well, for, was no, four, was Tuchel, Allegri, Sampaoli, who went from Sevilla to be the Argentina manager. Uh, as far as I know, he's on a long, long-term contract, but he had a horrible qualifying phrase, uh, phase. They only qualified right at the death. So if he has a bad World Cup, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him out of a job. Mm. Um, so there's a potential there. And the other one was the Monaco manager, Hardim. Uh, so they're not doing brilliantly this year. Um, again, could be out of a job in the summer, or not. Maybe, maybe he won't get sacked, but he could be convinced to move in the summer. So a lot of our targets from last year um, are probably still on the table, and there's one or two others like uh, Joachim Lowe that you could add to that list. And there probably is other international managers that I just can't think of off the top of my head that if they don't have a great World Cup, they they could be out of a job. Eddie Howe, he's uh, not an option. Not for me. Again, I think we need. Look, it's going to be a transitional phase, and you need someone stable. Um, but I know a million percent fact. Arsenal have spoken to Eddie Howe before, about eighteen months ago, with an idea of getting him in the future, and they thought at that time he was nowhere near ready. Okay. Um, whether look, that was eighteen months ago, so mm. whether that eighteen months has made him ready, but I don't think so. I think he's always been linked because of the brand of football he plays, but for me, that's not enough. Just because you play a similar style, you could probably look down the leagues and there's teams that play in a similar way. Doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they're managers suitable to come and take on a club who have much bigger ambitions, bigger budgets, bigger crowds, big bigger everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a big step Three up. But when Wang had come in, he was a nobody. Yeah, but football's changed. Yeah. Okay. Um... So we'll just watch that space and see what happens. And I know a lot of people will... It'd be very, very rare to find an Arsenal fan that wants Wenger to stay, or, or, which is, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's part and parcel of football. Um, 
Okay, what else have we got? Uh, transfer rumours. So Ozil, and there was, I'm just digging up a few questions on Twitter because Ozil was linked to Juventus, I was saying today. Yeah, again, I hope, I don't know. I'd imagine it's a story of convenience. Arsenal have had a bad result. He's obviously out of contract in the summer. He's free to talk to foreign clubs. The vast majority of teams would take him. So I would like to think it's a story of convenience rather than anything concrete. Uh, if he keeps up the demands that he wants from, from us for Juventus, it's a no-go anyway because there's not that much money in Italian football. Mm, okay. he what he wants from us and what's been offered from us, he wouldn't get anywhere near in Italy. But he can talk to the Juventus now, can't he? Yeah, he could, he could be there now for yeah. all we know. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so I've got a couple of questions. Uh, MAA Gaming. Is there any point buying defenders if they'll be coached the same way? Look, as I, I think it, it comes into the, the setup thing. I don't think it's coaching. Um, look, no one's coached Rob Holding to lunge in and give away a penalty yesterday. No, no one's coached Debushi throughout the years of his career to lunge in like that. Look, I know he won the ball, but that's, I, I don't think the coaching so much comes into it. I think it's the setup as a whole um, is, is the problem. So. The, the answer to the question is yes and no. You can mm. look. You can buy defenders that will improve us, but will they be the answer to the problem? No. Mm. Okay. Uh, will they improve us? Yes, just with less individual mistakes. Okay. Uh, still with MWA Gaming. He's got a couple of questions here, so we'll go two from him. Um, Guardiola turned turned a Sterling from from Walcott to Prime Bale. Do you think this could be done with players like Awobi? If managed by you know one person, this, <laughs> I read this question last night, and I I think I actually look, this is an answer that I know a lot of people are going to disagree with, but I would argue that um, Guardiola has turned a Sterling from an Aaron Lennon into a Theo Walcott. Look, he's obviously much better technically, so I'm going to have to explain what I meant there. Yep. Sterling was always a player that got the ball, took on his fullback, no real end product. And which was quite similar to Aaron Lennon. He used his pace, his trickery, but never really made too much of it. This season, you'd never see him. He's very rarely he's running at his fullback. He's running in, in behind, trying to attack the goal, getting on the end of moves. Yeah. I mean, he, he's close to being the top scorer in the league, if, if not the top scorer. I think he's second behind Salah. Or maybe Kane overtook him because he got two hat-tricks in, in, in two games. But he's Pep's changed him from a winger that just runs at a defender and not does much to a player that very rarely runs at his defenders, but is in the right place at the right time to try and finish a move, which is essentially what Walcott's been for us. Mm. Granted, Sterling is a lot better at when he is in them positions out wide and he has to run at the, the, the defenders. He's a lot better at that because that was his natural game. But in terms of style of play, I, I would argue that Guardiola turned Sterling into a Walcott-type player, not turned him away from a Walcott-type player. But you've also got to take into account when you've got a De Bruyne on your team and he's just pinpointing them balls straight into wherever you run, makes it easy. Yeah, but look, you can say the same with Theo last season. He had Alexis on one side of him and, and Ozil behind him. And look, you got you can argue all day, people argue all day about whether De Bruyne is better than Ozil or whoever's better than Sane is better than Sanchez. But Walcott had the tools. And, and as I said, you look at the first half of last season, he got, what, 19 goals by February or March? Yeah. So if you look at, if you look at, Sterling, I don't know what he's on. I think it's about 17, but it's not a million. Look, it's better, but he's in a better team. But it's not a million miles off what what um, 
what Walcott done last year. And look, Sterling is a better. I'm not comparing him as player. Sterling is a better player than Theo Walcott. But I would just my thought when I read that question was that he hasn't changed him away from a Theo Walcott. He's actually in terms of style turned him into a Theo Walcott. Just as a, he's just a better player. Yeah. Um, and in he can terms of better. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, would, I would probably say Walcott's finishing is better, if I'm honest. Yeah, OK. Um, I think that's the one thing Walcott is probably adept at. Um, could it be done with other players like Iwobi? Could they be changed into a different mould of player? The, my problem is with Iwobi is he takes no risks at all. Could another manager change that? Yes. Would he be good if he took no risks? We we don't know because he never does it. Mm. Like. He infuriates me because he drives at players at speed. He runs at his fullback and then he gets to him and turns around and plays a safe ball. Mm. I, you want your wingers or your attacking players to be taking taking that risk, take on a player. We know you're going to lose the ball sometimes. That's fine. If you're a winger and you take a player on 10 times and you only beat him three times, that's three times that you're you're getting in behind. If you get in behind three times a game, then chances are something positive will happen. Is that and the, it gets the crowd on their feet. Is that the statue of Arsenal, though? If he was playing for a Southampton-West Ham... Newcastle, would he would he be, you know be willing to take on them risks? I I, look, I, put, I think it's something personally with him because Reese Nelson comes into the team yesterday and he by, by no means did he have the best game, but he got at his defender. He got the ball, he got his head up, and he ran at his defender. Did he do it brilliantly? No, not really. But every time he ran in, as soon as he beat a man, it gets a you, the crowd get as I said they get on their feet or they're on the edge of their seat mm. because something's happening. Whereas Iwobi runs, gets to that defender, gets them to back off to a point. And as soon as they stop backing off, he turns around and lays it sideways or backwards. And Plays so a safe it ball. seems like, yeah, it seems like that's a personal decision because, look, we sure know Alexis doesn't do that. We know that uh, look, Reese Nelson's coming and, and doesn't and doesn't do that. He he drives at players, so it looks as though look Chamberlain never done that. Chamberlain was always one to get at his man every time, and he would lose the ball eight times in a row sometimes. But you could guarantee once or twice he would beat his man. Then his final delivery might have been useless, but it's beside the point. He he went at his man. Alexis goes at his man. Reese Nelson went at his man. It won't be never does that. So when you look at other players, you've got to put that down as a personal choice. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, right? and it could be someone in the in the the uh, the backroom staff or Wenger saying to him, "Drive at your defender as hard as you can, and then turn around and pass it backwards to someone in a better position." That that might be the case, but I'd be very surprised because none of the other players do that. Yeah, I'm just as you were talking there. I'm just thinking what benefit that would do, really. Like, he's not giving yeah, anybody no. options. He's not even. He's just passing them back the safe ball. Yeah, no. Look, as I said, I, I I believe it's a personal option. Even even to a lesser extent, Maitland Niles. He gets one on one with his fullbacks, and he might not beat them. So he does try and beat them, but he will do a couple of step overs and get across it. Mm. Whereas it won't be. As I said, it won't be plays the percentage ball all the time. So. Yeah, I've just listed four players. Obviously, Chamberlain's no longer with us, and Sanchez is an enigma. But they they all do the exact opposite to what Iwobi does, which leads you to believe it has to be a personal choice. Yeah, Iwobi. Yeah. Um, still MWA Gaming, and you can follow him at MWA underscore Gaming. Uh, in five years' time, do you think we'll be better or worse, or do you think us fans will even be alive? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have had my third heart attack by then. I think um, it's it's, like, it's a difficult one. It, there's going to be a change, whether it be this summer or next summer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the first manager that comes in has a hard time, um, just because it's all new and we've been set up the same way for so long. Uh, it's, it's impossible to say. 
because it's not even that we don't know who's going to be in charge or if we're going to be on a third and fourth manager. We, we don't know what's happening sort of day to day. We don't know what our budgets are going to be like. There's obviously thoughts that there's going to be an ownership change. We don't know if they're going to come in and be like the Mansours who throw money at it or they're going to come in and be like, I don't know who's an owner that hasn't thrown it, but he like a cronky. Mm. So there's just so much that it unknown. Look, I, I could hazard a guess, but it would literally just be that. And to be honest, if I hazard a guess, I'd be saying from my heart, I hope we're better. But it would literally be a hope. I can't, I can't yeah. give an answer to that really. It's hard one. And uh, I just when you're talking though, uh, are we better with a with a headstrong manager like a uh, uh, you know maybe a uh, I'm trying to think uh, maybe Simone. Who would come in and, and do it his way? Look, whoever comes in is going to have to come in and do it their way. Um, look, Simeone is one of them that he runs up and down the touchline and he gesticulates and, and whatnot. And does that help? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Guardiola does it to an extent. Conte does it to, to an extent. Klopp clearly does it. But... No, who knows? It, it mm. might not. That might not be a factor. But whoever comes in is going to have to do it their way. Whether their way is a more defensive-minded someone like a Simeone, or I'm not saying we'll get a Klopp, but a more attacking manager like Klopp, mm. they're going to do it their way. They're, no one's going to come in and say, "Oh, we're going to do exactly what Arsene Wenger's been doing for the last twenty odd years," because then you might as well keep him there. Well, when uh, and I don't want you know I know we're an Arsenal podcast, but when Seth retired and Moyes come in, like it, it, it wasn't. He didn't do it his way, really, did he? Well, no, I think he, I think he did, and that was a problem. He was what, but the, the issue was he was coming away from a winning formula. So they'd just won the league. He come in and tried to do it his way, and and the players were thinking, "Hang on, we've just won the league doing it this way, and you're yeah, telling us to do the exact it. opposite." Yeah. Um, yeah, because I I I reckon a manager who comes in. Remember when Conte came in for Chelsea? I think it was the first or second game, and. And he type of really won the fans over. I think when you know when they scored, just his his enthusiasm on the sideline, and then he ran over and high fived all the fans. And and I I think somebody like that would be would be good at Arsenal because you need to win them fans over straight away. Yeah, I mean, look, there's two schools of thought there. Conte came in and and won the league, so. He could have stood there with his cock out if he wanted. <laughs> yeah, true. If you win the, if, if you win the league in the first season, it's going to be praise. Yeah. Guardiola, as look, whenever people they sort of talk to ex players who are going to, and they say, oh, "Are you going to be a manager?" and they say, "Yeah," they always said, "Are you going to be a tracksuit manager?" Meaning, obviously, the club tracksuit or a suit manager. Mm. Guardiola comes in wearing hoodies, but he's winning, so no one gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And look, there's flip side to that. You could say, look, it's arguable that Klopp hasn't done a brilliant job at Liverpool. He's not been bad, mm. but he runs up and down the touchlines and high fives fans and and does all all sorts of nonsense on the touchline. It doesn't bring you success. I think if you're successful, if you had a manager that won the league but didn't get out of his chair for the whole game, lied there like he was on holiday with sunglasses on, but you won the league, I wouldn't care less. <laughs> Why did I just picture Louis Van Gaal? <laughs> huh, yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't successful. No, he wasn't at all. <laughs> um, Okay, who? Oh, I was going to ask you guys this last week on the podcast, actually, but we didn't get round to it. So, MWA Gaming, who were <coughs> your best and worst players of last year? Um, um obviously we're talking about two two thousand and seventeen as a calendar. Yeah, we'll go twenty seven. Um, 
obviously I saw I saw you tweet this out uh, after the podcast actually, and mine in terms of what I expected coming into the year, I think you'd be hard pressed not to say Walcott as a, the most disappointing. Not because he was particularly awful, but as I said, he scored he scored 19 goals last season as a whole, but the, the vast majority of them were before Christmas or before the New Year. So if he came into the came into 2017 with say 15 goals, give or take, and then he's got four in in the from December from January to May, and then I think he scored two or three this season. So if he if he scored seven goals in the calendar year, you've got to kind of be disappointed by that. And I know a lot of people have said him, but they're thinking more on the lines of he's not a very good footballer. I'm I'm not basing it on that. I'm basing on at the start of the year the way he was playing as we came into 2017. You'd have expected more from him. In terms of best, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone's been consistently good. Nacho Monreal is the only one who has been. He's never been excellent. He's never been a 10 out of 10, but he's probably been a 7 or 8 throughout the whole year. Whereas you look at Ozil, who's been 10 many a times, but he's also been 2. Mm. Same with Alexis. Ramsey's probably got half a shout, um, but he wasn't brilliant in the league. I know he got the FA Cup winner, but he wasn't brilliant between January. He scored against uh, Forrest in the FA Cup. In, I mean, not Forrest, um, Preston in the FA Cup in the third round in January, but... He wasn't brilliant between January and May, even though he scored the win. He was brilliant in the FA Cup final when he got the winner. But you could argue him. I think he's been in our top three players this this season. And obviously, we're only just entering January, so I think Ramsey would probably be within a shout. But uh, yeah, Monreal's been our most consistent. Yeah, I think I answered it actually. I tweeted it, and then I jumped on mine and answered the same question. But I didn't take on account the whole of 2017. I looked at this start of this season, but. But I still will stick with El Nenny. I think he's probably one of the worst signings we've made, and I don't, I know, I don't want to be banging on about him all year. I mean, but the reason I didn't go with an El Nenny or or an Iwobi, who I'm clearly not a fan of, or or someone on that mould, is I didn't expect anything of them coming into the year. So I'm not saying they're not the worst player, but I'm going on what I expected of them coming into 2017, and I expected a lot more of Theo Walcott. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I had Ozil for the best, but once again, I was looking at this season. I just think he's been really well, playing well. So, but looking back at last year, you're dead right. He, uh, he has lots of tens, but there's lots of twos as well. So, um, now we did touch on this. It's uh, from Laka Lamar Ten. Uh, it was that picture where basically the um, how could a professional club of our size let this happen? I uh, would love to hear your opinions. And we touched on this as the defenders with the offside trap. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I'd already seen the picture, but then he, uh, he, he DM'd it to us and I tweeted it out. But I had already seen it as I was on the way back from the game. And it, look, I can't explain it. It's just, look, there's been like, when, when I tweeted it out, there's been loads of comments saying you wouldn't see that in kids' football, you wouldn't see that in Sunday league football. And I can only agree. Mm. Like, it's one of them. I can't, I can't say anything about it. It's it's embarrassing, actually embarrassing. Like I, I use the word embarrassing a lot, and I about things that probably aren't embarrassing, but mm. that is actually embarrassing. Mm. Oh, I got no, I got no words. On it. I, I, I'm trying to pinpoint who, whose fault that would be. I've, look, as I said, for me, it has to be Mertesacker. He, he because, yeah. 
he's running the he's running the line during the game. Why why that would change as a, a set pieces you never know. And you think who's in the defence? He's playing in the middle of the defence. He's the most experienced man on the pitch. He's the captain. He's probably coached some of them players at some point. Looking at Willock and Nelson and possibly Maitland Niles. So who else can you really blame? Mm. Well, he's the experience. Yeah. Who's the two clowns right in front there? I know, I know it's hard when you talk on a podcast. Um, so I think Debushi was one of them, but they're in a wall. They're, the wall's been set up oh. by the keeper. A wall was clearly needed there. But then your your line has to be level with your wall. You know that. Mm. I'm trying to zoom in, but where the, uh, the, the, where the where the players in the wall have been circled, it covers their face. But you can see they're clearly doing the job. They're a wall there. If they're not there, then anything could happen. So you can't, uh, you can't blame them. Mm. For me, to be honest, looking at that picture, it looks like they don't even know the Forest players there. Nah. Which, again, is even more embarrassing. And if that is the case, you can blame every single one of them, but you then you also have to add Ospina into the blame. Yeah, because he should have... Um... Well, he's the only one that can see it. Yeah. You tweeted that out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, as I said, I'd seen it, but I didn't bother tweeting. And then uh, Laka Lamar, Laka underscore Lamar 10, DM me the picture, and I uh, I tweeted out. Okay. So, you can find that on our Twitter account, at clockend underscore talk. And and it's just a picture of, like I say, it's a, yeah. You've probably seen it around, because I've seen it doing the rounds. So, it's a fucking shocker. (laughs) Okay, Vish is back. Thanks, Vish. Uh, at Vish AAD. Um, the distinct improvement in Chamberlain's game in the testament to the fact that players can't improve under Wenger. Had we managed, had we had a new manager, would Walcott, Welbeck, and even fucking El Nenny improve their play? Also, I will understand if this podcast is littered with F bombs today. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I've tried to keep my language a bit PG, and again, I saw this question come in. Um, I don't think Chamberlain's improved. Is <laughs> that I mean to deal with the first part of it? Mm. It's not, Chamberlain's had one. He had a standout game against Bournemouth for Liverpool, where he was very good. Then he got dropped against us in, in the next week, and he was their third sub to come on. So he was literally their sixth choice centre midfielder a week later. Which and look, us against them is, is a big game for us and them. So if you're sixth choice in the, in the biggest game around the time, you, he's not been playing that well. It's not. He got an assist against uh, Everton the other day for Van Dijk's goal, but he didn't do anything in the game. He, look, I wouldn't say he was awful. He didn't make any mistakes, but he, he didn't influence the game at all, um, barring that, that corner. Um, and if on that basis, you might as well say that Walcott was good yesterday because he put in the ball for Mertesacker's goal. Um, so I don't, I don't think Chamberlain's improved. I think people that are looking for a narrative are pretending he has, but he's had one good game, one very good game, but he's had very good game. He had very good games for us. They were just not often enough. Mm. Um, could another manager improve players? Potentially, yes. Um, every player is capable of improvement. There's certain things that stop that. Whether that's to do with the coaching staff, the way they're being taught, or whether it's down to them, they they don't work hard enough, or that they are just at the peak of their powers. Um, some players are this. For example, I'm not saying he is, but Welbeck may be as good as Welbeck's ever going to be, and we want him to be more, but he might not just be capable. Um, so, yeah, yes, players can improve under a different manager, but it's not a, it's not to say that it necessarily would happen that a new manager comes in and automatically these players will get better. And I, I don't, and, I, and you might, I, I don't know, a couple others do, but do we actually really rate 
uh, Welbeck, Walcott, and El Nenny anyway? Um, to be honest, I'm I, I I like in a way what Danny gives us in terms of look, he's an awful finisher, but his pace, his power, his strength, his height are all use, useful assets. Um, personally, we wouldn't have won the FA Cup without Danny Welbeck last season. And he didn't score in either of the semi or the final, but he stretched the pitch massively, ran the channels. He was an absolute nuisance in both games, in the semi and the final against Man City and Chelsea. And I know Giroud came on and got the assist for Ramsey's goal, but and look, Giroud is a million times better than Danny Welbeck, don't get me wrong, but we would not, wouldn't have won them games with Olivier Giroud starting. Mm. Okay. Um, El Nenny, he, he's a stats do and I saw on him, and we've touched on that before. Yeah, and, and look, we, we can all clearly see he's not been very good, but I'd imagine that the stats, his stats are not bad at his time at Arsenal. So if you're asking a computer to tell you something, it probably told us correctly. The computer probably wasn't wrong, because if you look at his past completion and his distance covered, they're two things that you'd probably say are still very strong when he's with us. But then you look at where the passes are going and what areas they're working in and how effective he is and how effective his running is. And we can all clearly see this is why I, and it's become my favourite catchphrase. And I know some of our listeners take the piss out of me for it. Watch football with your eyes. Mm. Stats can tell you so much, but your eyes will tell you a lot more. Would you um, like El Nani to be loaned out or is he best just sold? I would want him sold because I don't think there's ever going to be anything. I don't think there's ever going to be a top Premier League player in him. Uh, he's not young, uh, full international. He's going to be going to the World Cup in the summer, barring injuries. So I don't think there's anything there that he could go out on loan and, and improve drastically and become the, the player we need or or, or want. Mm. So, um, no, for me, it's, look, I, I tweeted earlier, I'd rather see Elneny gone than Coughlin, and I stand by that. But as someone someone tweeted back, we tried in the summer, we accepted a bid from him and he wouldn't go. So... Yeah. It's, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think someone at a club should be harsher on the players and just let them know. Especially now, we've only really got the league, which El Nenny won't play in, and and the Europa League to play for, barring the games against Chelsea. I say to him, look, you've got a World Cup coming up. Like, go. And if he says no, fine, go and play with the under 18s for the rest of the season. You're still going to go to World Cup because Egypt will pick you regardless. But you ain't going to be in any sort of form or fitness or match sharpness because you're going to be training with the kids for the rest of the season. I know it's. It's harsh to be that horrible to a player that is that he's never moaned. In a sense, he's been a good servant because he's been a reserve player that's never moaned. But mm. I think sometimes if you need a player out of your club, you've got to you've got to behave like that in some sense. But it's not his fault. Like it's his fault yeah. that he didn't go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not his fault that. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Not that he's a shit player, but. Yeah, Arsenal no, bought him. You know. No, no, no. Look, you can't blame him for that. And as I said, it is is very harsh to say to a player that has never moaned, never complained, seems to be well liked in the squad. Mm. It's very harsh to say to him, "Go, or we're going to punish you in in however way." But look, we're not in the business of being nice. We're in the b- business of trying to win football matches. I think I just defended it on any man. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Vish, uh, does the club have a contingency plan in place, possible replacements, whom they've con- contacted in the event of Wenger's department? I truly feel sorry for Wenger to place so much faith in players whom he probably regards as his own kids to be continually let down by them. Yeah, I mean, look, whether they had contingency plans last season, so you'd you'd fully imagine that they have now, and especially with a new director or head of football relations coming in, you'd imagine he has his ideas as well. Um, 
So I, I don't know. But I would be very surprised if the answer to that no. I would imagine that they do have their their plans in place. Um, the second part of the question I, I touched on yesterday. Um, look, you can blame Wenger all, all you want for yesterday, and, and he did make mistakes, as I said earlier. But he also, uh, but the players massively let him down, and it's not the first time. It's happened time and time again. Um, and has he let them down at times? Yes. So I'm not saying it's a one-way street. He's clearly been at fault for things. But I, 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 I agree in a sense with Vish that while he has made mistakes and I'll criticise him for their mistakes happily, I do feel sorry for him in a sense that he's placed faith in players at times who have just not done it, whether they've not done it for him or they've just not good enough or they've just not turned up for whatever reason. But no Arsenal fan, no matter how much you hate Wenger, can can uh, deny that at certain times players just haven't done it. Mm. Okay, continuing on with Vish, and I'm just scrolling up the food, so it's just the way the questions come in. Um, because if I got it mixed, if I if I went not in order, I'd forget somebody. So, uh, given that the top four is out of reach, well, I don't know if it is, but um, Liverpool, Man U, Chelsea, and Tottenham are better than. Us currently, should we throw all our eggs in one basket and simply winning the Europa League? Um, no, look, one, I don't think it's out of reach. I don't think it's out of reach at all. We're two points behind Tottenham, and, and and as any of our fans will tell you, we've not been good at all this season. So I don't think the top four is out of reach, is it? Are we favourites? No. But is it out of reach? No. And also saying, um, should we throw all of our eggs in the Europa League basket? We don't play in, I think it's February the 20th, next, something like that, when we next play in there. So what do you want to do? Send the players away for the next forty days? Like, just it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. And uh, I, I don't rate the League Cup, but it's still a chance at silverware. It's better than nothing. Man United fans last season would have told you that it's better than winning the, the World Cup. So I think you still have to play for that. And and no, as I said, I think top four is easily achievable. Not easily achievable. It's very achievable. You're factoring in that Liverpool have just lost their most creative player. Uh, look, Salah's a goal scorer, but Coutinho was the was the creative player, um, and no one else has been good consistently. Chelsea have had patches, United have had patches of badness, Tottenham have had patches of badness. It only takes one, it only takes like, a team to have another bad patch, and and then teams will be saying they're out. Uh, people will be saying they're out of the race. Mm. So no, I mean I wouldn't be giving up on the league, and I, I don't think you'd find anyone that would agree with agree to that. Really, I may be wrong. Maybe loads of people agree with it, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think it comes probably from the, the, the Manchester United. They basically, and he was out of touch. He was never going to. Uh, what, what I can't remember. Yeah, but they, what they, they sacked it off in February. They sacked it off in March when there was they 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 were done. They couldn't finish it. We're what two three points off. Yeah. They wait. They hung on for as long as they could, and then and they were in the I think the quarters or maybe the semi final by the time they chucked in the league. And he realised his but, only Champions yes. League was that. Yeah, and if it gets to that point, I, I would, then I would fully agree with the question. If it gets to March, the end of March, April, and we're six spot, six points behind getting fourth, and in the, the quarters or the semis, and we've got a, a tougher game, which obviously you would have in the quarters or the semis, then I would say, yeah, rest players and play your first team in the Europa League. But we're, we're nowhere near that stage at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've pretty much touched on this question before with your managers, but uh, I'll give him a shout-out. Big Bad Wolf, um, Big Underscore Bad Wolf. So of all this talk of the possibility of Boom Wenger's final season in charge, which I don't actually believe is the case, who's the manager out there that club could have in mind to come and fix our club? 
he would like. Uh, I would love us to get Josh him. Josh him low. Yeah, so obviously I mentioned him earlier, and yeah. so he could potentially be out of a job. And then the other, obviously I mentioned the four we looked at last summer, which was Sam Pauli, Allegri, Hardim, and Tuchel. Uh, but as I said, I'd probably rule Tuchel out of that now. And there's probably some others that will become available to who I haven't thought of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're the names I would imagine, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. MAA game is back again. Uh, should we recall Lucas Perez? He's better than Welbeck, in my opinion, as can actually shoot, play consistently due to the number of Europa League games, if we get through. Um, as far as I know, we don't have a recall clause, so the question is irrelevant. I could, but let's base it on I'm wrong. I, I don't think I am, but let's say if we could... Is he better than Danny Welbeck? Uh, for me, no. He's more likely to score, but he offers you a lot less. Uh, I like Lucas Perez. I actually think he's a good player. Um, and if there was a recall option, I probably would do it. Um, but I would argue where Welbeck can play up front on his own because he can stretch the defence. Perez can't do that. He can't hold the ball up. Um, he is a better finisher, so yeah, you would say he's more likely to score. But I would say he's quite similar to Lacazette, to be honest. Um so I wouldn't be comparing him to Lacazette. I'd be comparing. I mean, I wouldn't be comparing him to Welbeck. Be comparing him to Lacazette. The advantage he has is he can play wide right, um, and I'd prefer him there to Iwobi. So, if the option was there, I would recall him. But he wouldn't be starting. I don't know if he particularly want to come back, because he's playing there. Here he would come back to still be in the same position he was in last season, give or take. I've watched him in a couple of games for uh, Deportivo, and um, he's nowhere near the player that we saw in him with Arsenal. He's not having a good season. Because I read a, because this was in, I don't know if this is where the questions come from, but it was in one of the papers the other day. Should, should, um, should Arsenal recall him? And I was reading, I was reading it because I wanted to see if they mentioned that there was a, like, because they didn't categorically say that we could recall him. They yep. said should we, but they didn't say whether it was in the contract or not because that's what I was looking for. Um, but they said, oh, he's having a good season. But then they said he scored, was it two or four goals? And I thought yeah, he's only scored a couple of goals, and he, he hasn't been playing well at all. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, which I, look, I rate him. I think he's a good player, but I think he was wasted last year as well. Which yeah, look, I, I, I like what I saw of him, and I can't say I saw masses. I saw a little bit of him when he was in Spain, um, and I, I like what I saw of him at Arsenal. Uh, as I said, I'd prefer him to an Iwobi if we're going to like at West Brom would have been ideal an ideal game for him. When look, our front three at the moment is Özil, uh, Sanchez behind Lacazette. When Ozil was out, it's a choice between Iwobi and Welbeck, and I would I would choose in that position. I would choose Perez over any of both of them. Mm. When it comes to up front, I would say he's very similar to Lacazette, but Lacazette's going to be first choice. And if Lacazette is out, I would rather have Welbeck there because he offers you more as a whole. And then you got Giroud to come back. Yeah, and I'd prefer Giroud over him as well. So I, I think he would come in to be for me if I was the manager. Second choice behind Ozil, and that, that's not a good place to be if you want to play football. Mm. Okay, uh, Luke, and I cannot even say this, Gerrera, G U E R R I E R. I would personally like to know about the possibilities of Wenger leaving at the end of the season, whether or not now seems like the time which perhaps decide to resign. Pretty much touched on that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, look, I can't give a percentage or anything. It's just a feeling I get. But look, everyone has their own feeling. A lot of people have the feeling that he's going to see out the contract because he's always done that. And the logic in me would says that Wenger's never broken a contract. 
so why would he now? Uh. But as I said, I get there's a feeling I just get from being being at games and being around the ground and, and whatnot. Well, well, you got in what Klesnach this year and uh, Lacazette. Uh, what do you have last year holding? Um, so he was trying to build something for this season, and it's pretty much all backfired on him. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Well, it's just there's been no improvement. I have I don't know. I think you'd be hard pushed to say we've gone backwards since last year in terms of if you look at results, we're in about the same position in the league. Obviously, the FA Cup's a disaster. We've gone further in the League Cup. So I, I don't know if going backwards is essentially true. Mm. Uh, I could understand the arguments for it, if I'm honest, but I don't know if you, I could fully get on board on saying we've gone backwards, but we've definitely not gone forwards. Okay, can you give us, uh, MAA Gaming, can you give us a list of players you want to see gone and a list of players you would like to keep with the players you want to get rid of? Uh, can you give potential replacements? Yeah, look, I mean, this is an ideal world question where you say, oh, I want rid of 10 and I want 10 to come in and the 10 you come in, you don't you don't pick fringe players, you pick world-class players and you want them to sit on the bench. So it's never going to happen, so... I don't really like answering questions like this because I, look, we don't live in an ideal world, as I've said on here before. There's players I I would have obviously I'd get rid of Elneny. I'd send the Wobi out on loan um, because look, there is potential for there to be something there, as we touched on earlier. Um, Walcott, I think, has just had his time. He, look, he's never going to fit into a back five system, um, so I think it's tight. And we'd, I'd imagine we'd still get decent money for him, um, so I would look to get him out the door. Um, looking at the back there's probably not much I would change like, it'd be very easy for me to say get rid of Hector because I'm not a big fan but then you look at replacing him and it's it's very difficult mm. so apart from uh, I think it seems pretty clear Sanchez is going to go so then you've got to look at a top quality replacement for him um, but I it's just, difficult I just want people to be careful and, and before you say and you open the, the answer up with get rid of 10 replace 10 in an ideal, you know. But look at AC Milan and Everton. You, oh, yeah, look, it never works. you be careful. <laughs> it, it, look, it, it never works. There's, there's, I mean, they're recent examples, but even, like, big teams, that they'll, they'll be in everyone's mind. Tottenham sold Bale and brought in seven players, and on paper they were seven good, well, at least decent players. Mm. It just didn't work for them. They were awful the next season. It's not... It doesn't work like that, that you get rid of players that you see to be bad and bring in good ones and then everything's okay. Uh, I mean, and Tottenham are maybe getting the benefits of that bail money now, but what's that, five years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, yeah. How long has that been here? Five years. Because you think that like, Ericsson's been good maybe for the last 18 months, who came with the bail money. Lamella was awful for three years, and, now, and then he was out for one, and now Tottenham fans are starting to claim he's half good. Saldado was out the door instantly. Paulinho is now a good player. He's just not there. He's, he's been to China and back, and now he's in Barcelona. Mm. Uh, Chiriches, they signed, who's doing nothing. So you think they, they brought six or seven players with a bail money. Nasir Chadli they brought, who's now at West Brom. And they're getting benefits out of two of them now, arguably, if you argue they're getting benefit out of Lamella. And another one's turned out to be a good player elsewhere. As I said, it just doesn't work like that. Football is not an ideal world that you get money, you buy good players, and everything's okay. I'd like to see a, a quality replacement for Sanchez. I, I don't want a Wobie or somebody filling that hole. No, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And the links we've all we've been linked with players in that position are all 
I say good players, they're all promising. I, I tweeted out the other day, I'm, I'm a bit worried that we seem to be looking at people with resale value um, rather than than players that are ready now or the complete article now. Um, obviously, we've been linked with Pavon from Boca Juniors and uh, Malcolm from Bordeaux um, over, say, a Mares who is ready now but has no resale value. You, you work, work work out for your contract with him and he's 30 and he's not going to be worth worth too much um whereas the other two will still be quite young and, and if they're successful and the same with Lamar they'll be young and if they're successful they'll be worth a hell of a lot more um what worries me about that is it's a blueprint of Sven um that's what he was that's what he's known for mm. so he never made that Dortmund team successful he got players in and sold them for a hell of a lot more um he wasn't I mean they got to a Champions League final but so you're, you're worried that they, they... But they buy Malcolm for what I don't know how much is he worth. No, I mean say they buy for thirty and sell in three years for seventy or eighty. Yeah, and uh, that is a obviously that's a huge markup and and a great way to run a business. I'm not sure it's the best way to run a football club, and, and Dortmund potentially shows that they got Mkhitaryan pretty cheap, sold him on. They got Aubameyang pretty cheap, and they will make a profit on him. They got Dembele quite cheap, and they made it they made ten times profit on him. Uh, Kagawa they've made I think about 50 times in it in, but that side didn't win anything mm. Bamiyang's not won, oh, he may have won a German Cup since he's been there Mkhitaryan again the same um, Dembele never won anything there he got to a Champions League quarter final that was as far as it went with Dembele so um, it's it's a blueprint of Sven and something that I don't really want to see at Arsenal um, but signing Van makes sense with Kroenke, though, doesn't it? Might be money. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a sense. And look, look, I'm not saying they weren't good players. I'm just saying they didn't win anything. Yeah. Um, look, no one's going to argue if he picks up the next. If Malcolm is the next, whoever, and and or or um, Pavon is the new Di Maria, and we sell them on for fortunes in in however long. But I want players that are challenging now. Mm. Do you know much about Pavon and Malcolm? Uh, I've seen I've seen more of Malcolm just because he plays in Europe. Um, both left-footed, which I find interesting, and also obviously Lamar's left-footed, and so is Mara's. But um, from what I've seen of Pavon, he's left-footed but plays on the left. Um, obviously Lamar's better known for playing on the left as well, which is the space that's going to become available with Sanchez. But where Özil's is pretty much still playing a free role, even though he's listed on the team sheet as the right-hand side. Um, you could easily bring in, say, a Mares or Malcolm who play on the right hand side and, and shift those all over to the other side because he's never really, like he's never in a fixed position anyway. Um, but it's, I find it interesting that they're looking at sort of two players for each side. They're not mm. looking at four players that all play in in the same position and it's decision between them. Out of all them, you'd rather Mares now? Yeah, I, I just think look, he's Premier League ready. I, I've always thought he's a very good player. Um, but he's Premier League ready. He could slot in straight away. He knows how Arsenal play. He knows what would be expected of him. Um, for it, I mean, he could come in and tell you, this is how I, I could improve Arsenal. You wouldn't have to coach any of that into him. Whereas the the other guys might have seen Arsenal on TV, but they've never played against them. They don't watch 90 minutes week in, week out. So you would, you would have to mould them into Arsenal, whereas I don't think you would have to do that with Mahrez because he'll know all about Arsenal. Uh, there was heavy reports, and we'll, we'll stick on Mares for a minute. Heavy reports he was linked to Liverpool, but it seems to have fizzled out a little bit now. 
Yeah, I mean, it came from uh, BN Sports, which I believe are German, but I think it was a French journalist that worked for them. So someone in France that obviously works for BN Sports, maybe their French correspondent or something. Uh, he basically tweeted it was done. He said the fee's been agreed, the wages have been agreed, he's going to have a medical. This broke Saturday evening, uh, maybe 7, 7 o'clock p.m. UK time, mm. that he was going to have the medical first thing Sunday morning. Obviously, we're now UK time, 2.30 p.m. Monday afternoon. So apparently he was going to have the medical about 30 hours ago. It's obviously not happened. Um, Liverpool have denied it. Leicester have denied it. Everyone's denied it. So I don't know where. I don't know if he was just trying to make a name for himself or trying to get hits or what. Or what. He went balls out on the story. And as of now, it appears to be not true. That's not to say that it won't happen in future. But as of this moment, what he said was clearly wrong because he hasn't had a medical. How much is too much for Mahrez? In the summer, you'd have got him for £40 million. Um, it's January. You're looking at probably nearer 50 oh, yeah. It sounds a lot when you think what he is, but then you look at current market and you don't get a lot for £50 million. Really. I mean, you don't... It's not like you'd get a lot of players that aren't as good. That's, that's just the price for a player of his quality these days, I think. Um mm. There's an the argument. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is. And it sounds a lot when you compare it to previous prices, when you look at a 42 million for Ozil. But then I think you've got to compare it to more recent prices that you think Lamar's look at, you're looking at 90. So if you're getting for half the Lamar, is he half the player? No, he's, he's more than half the player. You look at, I know they're different positions, but just looking at fees, you look at, well, not, they're not even Usman Dembele being 132 million. Is he a third of the player? No, he's better than that. Uh, is he half a Lukaku? No, he's better than that. So I think if you can, you've got to compare players with modern fees. So yeah. look, fifty million sounds outrageous, but if you compare him with modern fees, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is outrageous. As weird as that is to say, from a bloke who doesn't earn anywhere near that. You'd rather um, a Mares than, or in that position, more than a defender now. That's where we. Well, look, we're gonna, Well, the, the issue is we're going to lose Sanchez. Yep. So we have to replace because we, we, uh, you touched on it yourself. If we don't replace, it's going to be Welbeck or Iwobi there for the rest of the season. Mm. That's that's never going to be strong enough. So Mahrez slots straight into... In well, the for me, place. he would go into the first team and then you've got Iwobi as, and Welbeck as backups and they're not terrible backups. Mm. Um, whereas if you've got them as first choice, then who's your backup? Your backups... Who? Reese Nelson yeah, maybe? But is he ready? Nice. No. no I, I like Reese, but... No, he's not ready. So I think if you're looking at... Uh, uh, look, if we was going to be keeping Sanchez and keeping Sanchez long-term, even if Sanchez doesn't go in this window and he's going to go in the summer, I would still replace him now because I'm, the fees will be extortionate. Um, but if Sanchez if Sanchez signed a new contract now and Erdogan signed a new contract now and Jack signed a new contract now, then I'd agree with you that uh, a defender would be the first priority or defensive-minded players, whether it be a defensive midfielder or, yeah. or whatnot. But with... Um, with Sanchez going, I think that that position becomes first priority because we need it for the first team now. You could argue we could get by with our current defence if Koscielny's fit, if if um, Stuffy's fit, if Monreal's fit, if Chambers are holding, pick up a little bit of form. You can get by with that, whereas I don't think we'd get by with a with Welbeck or or Iwobi starting behind the striker That's every awesome. week. Um, and to digress into Sanchez, there was reports of an offer from City for 18 million. 
Yeah, I, I heard 20. Um, and Arsenal are holding out for 35. Probably meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, if we put the, the, the thing is, as time gets by, it's, it's a strange one because usually the price goes up as time goes by. Uh, because after January 31st, he's free. Mm. It could be a case of we're, we're not in a strong bargaining position. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he plays on Wednesday. We'll probably settle around 25, 28. At a push, we might get 30 out of it. But it's not one of them we can leave it down to the deadline and then expect more. Mm. You'd, you'd be expecting less because they could go on the on the 31st, we'll give you 10 million, or you, we'll have him for free in the summer. Mm. So it's not, as I said, it, things usually work the other way around. Like when Barcelona are chasing Coutinho, their bids were going up and up, whereas this, this case, are, uh, they might go up slightly, but they're not going to go up astronomic, astronomically. No bargaining power. Um, if you got 15 to 20 million now, better than free and free nothing. Um, it's it's a tough one because if he plays how he did against Palace and a few games around that, then um, could he he could potentially win you the Europa League or be a big part of a team that wins the Europa League. Yeah. Um, win you the the Carabao Cup, which as I said, it's not great, but it's still silverware. Um, what price do you put on that? Is is ten fifteen million? Per, look, I mean, even if he gains your league place, I think you get about five million per league place in terms of TV money and stuff. So, um, if he even if he catapults you up one league place, you, you're saving half the the, the, the fee you just fee. mentioned. Yeah, okay. As I said, I think I, I, look, I personally probably wouldn't even un- entertain twenty, but that's the the lowest we we're gonna go. Mm. I think I think as I said, I think between twenty five and twenty eight is probably the figure where. I think it'll go, and they'll come to that. I'd be very surprised if they don't come to that agreement. And because uh, they need replacements, don't they? They got a couple out, haven't they? Injured. I, look, I, I still argue, and I always will do it. If I was them, I wouldn't sign him now. Hmm. Um, because what's the? What, what are you going? Like, they're going to win the league anyway. Just, can he, he can play straight in the Champions League, can? I'm not sure. Uh, someone told me they'd change the rules. I'm not sure. You used to be able to because you'd not played in that competition. Mm. Um, but I've seen a few people say, oh, if they sign X, he can't play because he's played in the Europa League, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not sure. Uh, as far as I know, you're, you can unless they've changed the rules. But you definitely used to be able to. Yeah, OK. Um, now, I've got a couple more questions to chew through. Uh Ali, why is no one advising Wenger to leave? Uh, aren't they? Who knows? Who you know knows? what I mean? It's, yeah. Look, he's very headstrong anyway. He's going to do what he wants to do. Um, so the only, I don't think, an advice would go anywhere. Look, it may come to a time in the summer where someone says to him, look, you've been a great servant for the club. You've done so much for the club. We want you to go. We will sack you, but we'd rather you go rather than... And look, that may be the only advice he gets. Yeah. Whereas you're gone, but we'd rather do it on your terms, just so, for your sake, it looks like you've left the club with a slight bit of dignity. Um, but that's the only advice that'll ever come. Who are, no one else can really tell him anything. Oh, I think he'd be, he'd be mad not to look at this season. You know, it, it'd come the end of the season, and hypothetically, no, no Europa League, and we don't get fourth place. Surely he's got to look back and go, look, I think it's time to hang the boots up, guys. Give me a role in the office. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. This is the who knows. Uh, he's a very headstrong man. What he's thinking, no one knows. And 
I'm, I'm not going to start guessing. You'd, yeah. you'd imagine that, but I'd have imagined that in a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's defied belief every time. He's, he's still here. Um, okay. Uh, what have we got here? C-O-Y-G. Um, Ozil, Ozil situation. So we touched by a little bit on it before. Juventus and Man U want him. Uh, well, I don't know. Do I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So United would United could pay the money, but they can't speak to him till the summer. Um, that's not to say they haven't spoken to him behind closed doors, but that'll never come out because we would sue him for a transfer fee then, pretty much. Mm. Um, Juventus could be talked to him now, but I, I don't. I think Bayern are the only Bayern, Barca, Real Madrid, PSG are the only continental clubs that could pay the money, and well, I don't think they would pay the money, but they could. I'll just go a bit more on that. How concerned are you that he hasn't signed a contract yet? Uh, very. I think the fan base seem to be just think it's all done, and I don't know if that's from people telling them it's done, people tweeting that it's done. It's definitely not. Mm. Um, I, I think it's worrying, and I think it gets more worrying as every day goes by. Look, from from what I've heard, he intends to sign, but an intention for me isn't doesn't count for anything until it's done. Yeah, it's it's almost like I something. I intend to still... go to the gym today, but I'm sitting at home talking to you. <laughs> it's it's something that's that bothers you, and and I'll I'll go into Jack as well. He's another one that just hasn't signed yet. Yeah, um, less worried about Jack, but yeah, still worrying. Mm. I mean, I touched on Jack before that I don't think the European game will suit him. He he has more love for the club. I mean, it's, it's his home essentially. Um, I'm not just based on that. As I said, he can't speak to... I think the English game suits him and he knows that and he can't speak to an English club until the summer um, legally. Uh, he may have done illegally. It happens every day. Mm. Um, but I'm less concerned about Jack. I'll, I'll be gutted. And you, like, you, anyone that listens regularly will know how gutted I'll be if Jack goes. But at, at the moment, I think he is more likely to sign an Ozil. Okay. Dr. Cree, name of all potential targets and replacements for our players, but well, we we type of touched on that before. So, well, thanks for your question, but um, I don't think we've got any more, have we? What other players could you go on? Well, there's one thing I would like to add. So, Arsenal, when Nzonzi was offered to Arsenal, we said no because we didn't add to to what we didn't think he added anything to what we have. Um, with this, with now looking at selling Coquelin, he. Uh, I don't know. I'm not saying Arsenal have considered going back there or whether they have or not. But friend Zonzi. Yeah. So, but if Coughlin is going, as seems to be the reports, then it would seem that he would have something that we don't currently have. If Coughlin was no longer there, so it could be that we're back in for, for him. But that just shows how football changes. Because I know 100% fact we we weren't interested, and we we actually said he doesn't add anything to us. Mm. And so I've I've come on here and said it, and, and many people have said we weren't interested, but. If Coquelin goes, then he does add something, so we might be interested. So it's not that anyone was wrong. I'm not saying we are interested again, but it wouldn't surprise me. But it's not that anyone that said we wasn't interested three weeks ago was wrong. It's just football changes. Okay. Uh, Non-flying Dutchman, what is the possibility of Wenger leaving in the summer? Well, you're pretty confident that yeah, that he. Uh, I'm not. But I wouldn't put money on it. No. I was going to have a bet with you. <laughs> no, I think he will. But as I said, I wouldn't want to put a percentage on it because he's he's his own man. He's a very headstrong man, as I said about a hundred times, and he'll do what he wants. Mm. But 
it's just it's the first time I've ever felt like that he'll go. Yeah, look, I, I, I only joke, but I, I have to agree with you. I think this is for me. It's the first time I've actually seen him go. Look, out of the FA Cup. Um, if we don't do any good in Europa League, we don't make top four. I think I think you, you, you're spot on. He's got to look and go. Yeah, I think time time's come. Um, now, I think that'll wrap us up, mate. Unless you got anything else to add, we've been we going for about an hour and a half. So, yeah, no, I, I've seen we've got had loads of tweets while we're <laughs> we've been on air, but I've not read through them, so we can save them for another day. Unless there's anything you've seen. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't really. Um... No, sorry guys, I was just having a quick read, but yeah, not good. Order. Uh, yeah, so if there was any questions there, we'll we'll cover them next next week. Um, we'll be back. What what games we got coming up now? So we've got the Chelsea game. We've got Chelsea Wednesday, Bournemouth Sunday. Yeah, so we'll probably come back next next Monday or something and touch on both them two games, and we'll probably have Schwinn with us and maybe a couple of the other boys. We're not real sure. We'll see how we go. Um, yeah, mate. That'll about wrap us up, eh? All right. Cheers for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you. And you can follow us at clockend underscore talk. Thanks, Tony. No worries.